0: You are listening to Between the Leaves at the Lloyd, a monthly podcast that unearths stories inspired by the collections of the Lloyd Library and Museum, located in downtown Cincinnati. history of plants being used as medicine is as old as humankind. At the Lloyd Library and Museum, that history takes shape in rare books and artifacts collected by Curtis Gates Lloyd. But history isn't the only place to find documentation of plants being used as medicine. In a community garden in the Cincinnati neighborhood of Madisonville, that history comes to life in the form of Dominique Peebles. Peebles founded Brick Gardens, a social enterprise specializing in developing neighborhood-specific community gardens and converting vacant buildings into indoor hydroponic grow farms. Though Peebles was born and raised in Louisville, he got in touch with his roots, his love of eating foods fresh from his garden, after he moved to his chosen home, the city of Cincinnati.
1: I grew up in a family that grew their own food. And I hated it because, you know, as a child, you never get to do the fun stuff, right? It's always go pull those weeds or go cut the grass. It's all it's all the stuff teenagers hate to hear about having to do in the middle of the summer. And, like, you know, I, I think the day for me when when I stopped giving my father a hard time was, you know, we, we would end the season doing a few things, and that was canon. I mean, we would. Canned stuff for four straight weekends, it seemed like. And he would make salsas and stuff like that. And then, you know, he would go pass them around to people, our friends in the neighborhood. But anything that was left over, he would just put in, you know, my family always kept the plastic Kroger bags that we would bring on. They would just shove them in a cabinet somewhere. And he would fill them up with whatever vegetables were left. And then we would go and set them around on, you know, some neighbors' doorsteps. And, you know, that. There was one day I really didn't want to do it and I was being a brat and I'm like, why are we doing this? And he said, you know, you get to go to go home and you eat every single night. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, some of your neighbors don't get to do that. And that was it for me. I was like, "Okay, I get it almost instantly. In my mind, I started visualizing some of my neighbors that I now it clicked. I'm like, "Okay, you know, I remember that day where he was asking me for money, or he was asking, or it just seemed like he was, you know, going through the house, staring at him. Like, so there's these things where it's like, okay, it's, it clicked.
0: Years later, after he graduated from college and landed a solid starter full-time job, Peebles had another one of those moments where the reality of food insecurity just clicked.
1: When I moved to Cincinnati, I moved to- Straight to over the Rhine. And it was before it was called OTR, right? So there was there was a grocery store, but it was the one, it was the last choice, right? You know, like I would just get in my car, I would hop across the bridge to Newport, get my groceries and come back. Um, a lot of my neighbors would see that and would start giving me the grocery lists. And and I started looking and almost everything that they asked for was all produce and stuff like that. And I, I got to thinking, okay, well. I'm tired of going to the grocery store for people. (laughs) So maybe I can just do community gardens, right? Because everyone's doing that. And I I happen to live right across the street from a community garden that in two years I hadn't seen anything happen to. So, of course, you know, I started thinking, okay, well, how do I go around town and start grabbing some lights? You know, I watched all these podcasts of places like Detroit and D.C. and Baltimore and you just see all these people like growing all this food in these neighborhoods, like right in the middle of a city. And I thought, you know, I could do that everywhere. And I I was green. I didn't know the agricultural landscape in Cincinnati or any of that stuff. So I just started literally knocking on doors. If I saw an empty lot, I would knock on the door next to it, right? Do you know who owns this lot? Nine times out of 10, people would say, no, I don't know. Or, you know, people would point me to, well call the city call the land bank and things like that. And every phone number I would call, someone would say, talk to Civic Garden Center, talk to Civic Garden Center. And I thought, okay, so there's somebody that's already doing things like that. And that's great. But one of the things that I thought could be an added benefit is if we were strategic about how we're distributing the food that's being grown and ways to engage the neighborhood to kind of own it themselves. And that's kind of where this... This ever changing idea of brick gardens came from.
0: But picking up groceries for neighbors wasn't the only inspiration behind Brick Gardens' focus on neighborhood food security.
1: And I've just always been a civic minded person, so any types of nonprofits or projects that were going on that pulled at my heartstrings, I would try to at least volunteer my time. Because that's what made me feel good, but also, you know, with the intention of maybe I can volunteer my way into something that I actually enjoy doing and and gives me purpose. My first volunteer gig was with Elements, and, you know, they were over by the Cincinnati Ballet, and the executive director, Tom, was just like, we have got to figure out a direction. I grew up in the arts, so... (laughs) It was easy for me to say okay well we've got a lot of talented people down here so let's market the people not the programs like we've got dancers we're right next to the cincinnati ballet so what type of partnerships can we build there now we have elements dancers that are in the nutcracker every season right these are kids that would normally never get an opportunity to experience things like that and that was one of the first things that i was able to do and say okay this this is what I can wake up and do every day because of how it makes me feel when I leave. So that that and then, you know, of course, I would start seeing a lot of these elements kids that, okay, well, they're coming down here. We're keeping them safe. They're painting, they're dancing, they're singing, they're writing music. But I'm also seeing a lot of them hungry. These kids would come up to you on a daily basis, hey, can I get a couple of dollars? Can I can you buy me some eat? And then what started happening was I would go home and be like, okay, now I'm worried about Deshaun because he's not eating, or I'm worried about this young lady because I know she only ate when I was there. So then it, in my mind, it was like, okay, I love what I'm doing, but there's a much bigger issue going on and I've been hungry before. like, And I don't want that to happen to anyone if I can help it. So that was probably the day that my mind started changing towards, okay, I've got to do something in the food space. And then it just, you know, it was like all these little like breadcrumbs that led to brick gardens. Because again, going to sleep, thinking about the kids that I'm seeing every day, not eating, then my neighbors giving me grocery lists. That was, it was just something that I was like, okay, now I can't sleep at all because it's like people aren't eating. And for no other reason other than they don't have access to it. Right, so what can I do?
0: People's problem solving approach continued to guide him beyond volunteering for other organizations into creating his own.
1: Initially, Brick Gardens was started just for that, just a growing operation that I could get into a neighborhood and use that as a tool to engage the community and then teach them the importance of how to grow food, why it's important to grow your own food so you know where it's come from, and then how that translates into a much healthier community, right? Um, Because everything starts with what we're, we're putting in our bodies. And a lot of these communities just don't have the option to go the healthy route, right?
0: Peoples not only saw the need for easy access to healthy food options in communities, he saw that easy access looked different depending on your neighborhood. He uses Madisonville as an example. The site of Brick Garden's fourth community garden was carefully researched and planned before any new seeds were planted.
1: I'm not gonna go into any neighborhood and grow food before I've got enough people in the community telling me, yeah, that's what we want. Not because you're saying we need it, <laughs> we want that. And that tells me, okay, if I put it there, it's going to be supported by the people that I want to support it. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things that before we even agree to take on a project or go into a neighborhood, we spend weeks, if not months sometimes, just getting into the neighborhood so everyone knows who we are, showing up to council meetings, knocking on people's doors. I mean, I literally spent a Saturday going around Madisonville. I found one guy, he swore he knew everybody in the neighborhood that loved gardening. So I said, okay, well, you're taking me to every one of them. We visited like 15 homes. So right then I I met 15 different families. I saw 15 different families that grow their own food, 15 different families that want to come down here and help. We had community members coming down here helping us pull weeds or community members coming and dropping tools off in front of the door and things like that. So that's the stuff that even on days where all my corn gets knocked down, I'm still energized to go and put it back up because I know these people love walking by here and seeing what's in their neighborhood. But again, we also know that, hey, yeah, we're out here working from 8 to 12, but once we leave, these people are just now getting off work. They're just now walking by. So now we have people that are here in the daytime, and then we have people that come in the afternoon slash evening so that when there's days that we have stuff available, it's ease of access because we don't want someone to say, "Eh, it's easier to go down here. Right. That's what we're trying to trying to combat, is that we're trying to make it easier for you to make the healthy choice. It's a constant battle because you're always going to have to learn how to deal with the communities that you're trying to serve. Because not every neighborhood operates the same. No one uses the next door app in Bond Hill. Right. So that's not going to work for us in Bond Hill. What works in Madisonville or Roseline or at Xavier University. So it's just one of those things where you have to cater your project to that neighborhood.
0: Now Peebles helps oversee four community gardens, all in collaboration with neighbors and nonprofit partners, including working with youth from Lighthouse Youth Services and Groundwork Cincinnati. In them, he sees opportunities to pass along his passion for healthy food from the ground up.
1: The fact that there's some of these students I bring out here and I'm like, well, here, pick this kale. And they're like, well, what's kale? It's like, have you ever had mixed greens? Yeah, all the time. You've had kale. It's just, it's been rebranded lately, right? So so it seems foreign to you, but it's literally the, the stuff we've grown up on, right? It's just been rebranded. So it, it. then you start thinking, okay, well, now, now if I'm really going to be effective at what I'm doing, I also have to educate people on what you're eating or you know a lot of times people just haven't even tried it right like I've never had a beat a day in my life but that's the most popular thing that we grow in some neighborhoods I think it just opens up a door for all types of possibilities but one thing that we know for sure is that our health is based on what we put into our bodies that's not even something that we're still trying to figure out we know that for a fact so why aren't we doing things that can help push that along and and you start to see how all of those those small decisions that you have to make can turn into a big decision down the road because it all comes down to health it's like all right am I going to have this surgery now when I really can't afford to be off work because I made the decision to bypass the corner store and go get the healthier option or, or things like that
0: In the neighborhood garden in Madisonville, Peebles knows that neighbors benefit from having fresh food options right in front of them, even though it definitely took some time to get them used to this summer's new options for produce.
1: We try to make it as easy as possible. It's like, and and it's funny because even then, as what I was saying earlier, is people sometimes walk by and if they don't know the people working in the garden, they're going to automatically assume, well, I can't go in there and get anything. So we're literally f- like chasing people into the garden sometimes. It's like, hey, come in here and pick something. Like, so I mean, it, it's it's fun to see that, but it, it's when you see people come through with their little bags and their scissors and they start picking stuff, that's what makes me feel like, okay, we're doing it right because inadvertently we're seeing people in the garden start to have conversations with each other. And that's just organic. Like, so now we've got a neighbor that lives on that side of whatever road that is talking to someone that lives on this side and nine times out of 10, they don't ever interact with each other. So now there's a spot in the middle of their neighborhood where you can pass by a neighbor that you normally would meet and have a conversation with. So it's all these added benefits that come from what we're doing that I didn't really think about when I started it, but as I see it, I'm like, okay, I'll get up at six o'clock in the morning and go out. <laughs> you know, it's, it's always something that motivates us, so.
0: For Peebles, sustainability is about more than physical health, it's about community health. In the case of Brick Gardens, efforts to enrich the environment have had deeper benefits even during a pandemic.
1: So this year, what I'm the happiest about is that very scenario has shut a lot of people that we either work with or that do similar things. It's kind of shut them down. Somehow we gained more plots during this pandemic than I would have ever imagined. We started the year with just our St. Isles project. By March, we had this location, the greenhouse, we had a new site in Roseline, and we just um, this year re-engaged our old partnership with Xavier to where now we're back overseeing the urban farm at Xavier. So somehow we still expanded in the middle of a pandemic. And what makes me so happy about that is finally it took a pandemic for people to realize, okay, the food system's broken, what do we do if this happens again? What do we do if it gets worse? Well, hey, here's an organization that's going into neighborhoods and trying to establish food access in the neighborhood. But not only that, you're getting trained in agriculture, so you can make yourself, you know, hireable in agriculture. And it's definitely something that makes the community better and brings community together, because the amount of people that we see walk by here Day in and day out, they come in here and start talking to the kids or start talking to each other or start like that. That's community, right? That's what community really means. So now we're in a situation where we can show, hey, if we have enough, how many people live in Madisonville? Okay, here's the number. Well, how much food do we need to actually be able to feed the amount of people in Madisonville? Okay, here's the number. We have enough space to grow that. So if we grow it and people know it's there, Madisonville isn't a food desert anymore. So if I can do something like this in a neighborhood to make it look pretty and also feed people and educate them, then that's good enough for me. So I hope the future holds more neighborhoods. That's all I I can really dream about is, you know, I start out saying how many neighborhoods is in Cincinnati? Somebody said 52. I was like, well, 52 neighborhoods it is.
0: Thanks for listening to Between the Leaves at the Lloyd, a monthly podcast of the Lloyd Library and Museum in Cincinnati, Ohio. Interview and story by Elissa Yancey. Audio editing and mixing by Samantha Gatzik. Between the Leaves is launched with support from a Photo Focus Emergency Art Grant. Want to learn more about the Lloyd and its collections? You can visit online anytime at lloydlibrary.org.